Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Think about quitting? It's the combat of life hammering the snot out of you. Well, stand by, dig in deep, and get ready to get fired up with us. Welcome to the Team Never Quit Podcast, the number one podcast that inspires you to fight on. I'm your host, David Rutt Rutherford, here with Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus Luttrell. Our mission is to help you embrace the suck of life, to teach you the values of working your ass off. And to interview the most hard-charging people on planet Earth. We know life is hard. It's time for you to suck it up, buttercup. And let us teach you to persevere in every environment imaginable by sharing real-world lessons learned by those who never quit. That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the well, negative insurgency up, in their lives. You fire me up, Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's roll. Let's roll. I got to tell you, Marcus, we are back, and it is it is so epic today because I know what's coming is it's we got one of our own on, and when I, when we get that going for me, it builds up my pulse rate to a place where can you see my 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 carotid artery got, just pumping got, out right now? I actually here? got a little JVD going on because it's, it's hitting so hard, it's pushing. It, it literally is pushing out my carotid artery. Did you like that JVD? I, I, you threw out jugular vein distension, and, that I, one? and I literally flashed back to eighteen Delta, <laughs> right. brother. Uh, that was impressive. I thought, I, I thought How about for, that for the reach back. <laughs> you literally pulled back into your med bag for that one on there. I love it, I, but. The cool part about uh, our our guest coming on is the fact that so we we spent most of our adult life with him. So when you when you when you bring somebody on and we get to go that far back in our own history to t- bring up those kind of stories and because he was a part of them, yeah. it makes it even more intense. Oh, it's so much better, and that's what I really love about the show is that we we get to reach out and bring on people that not only we have a huge respect for because of what they've been able to overcome the adversity they face the obstacles they've been able to you know to to cross in their lives but there's a connection and many times very close connections i.e the connection with you and willie and rick and and the connection with uh, me and charlie and man it's just a powerful way you know to really bring to our guests what this show is all about Uh, how small is the world I mean, we're, I mean <laughs> teeny, so, you, know, you and I know somebody and then and somebody that I met and brought on the show is, is connected by one person, probably. Literally, literally. I mean, that that the old the old six degrees of separation of yeah. Kevin Bacon and all that. It's it's so much truer when you move into the you start walking with people that are truly, you know, dedicated to the team. Never quit mindset. Right, we got that. We are separated by one. that's six degrees one degree one One degree degree separation so i just want to welcome everybody today on the team never quit podcast it is 
It is our honor. Mr. Never Quit himself, Marcus and I, are so fired up to have you with us. And we're so uh, incredibly appreciative of all of you that are really getting behind the show, helping us spread the word, because you realize it's our mission to expose you, all of our, our listeners and our followers and fan base to the greatest never quit stories ever told, right, Marcus? I mean, these are the stories yeah. that change people's lives, and they're they're coming here with us because they trust us, they know how positive the show is, to really help the people that are listening, man. Yeah, it's bringing those, those exceptional people with those exceptional stories and breaking it down and showing them that... It, even people who who follow them and know about them, that, that it all starts at one place and everyone hits that adversity and, and these people have been able to push through it. And what we bring on here is the uh, the kind of the antidote of how they do that and how, and you, once you see how easy it is, then that's where you start. Right. I mean, because when you think about it, what we've heard over and over again, the repetition of, of consciousness in terms of, of, of getting into that mindset it's what unifies us. It really does. And I love how you always put it into perspective that, hey, man, you know, you don't got to be a Navy SEAL. You don't got to be, you know, a country music icon. You just got to be a human being that's aware of what needs to happen. Believe in yourself. Overcome. Believe in yourself, right? And that is a common thread. And I think, you know. Because no one else is going to. No. No. No matter what to tell you, I mean, when it comes down to it, they're going to, you got to look out for yourself as well. Correct. It, it starts with you looking sure. in the mirror every day, yeah, right? The best, best way, then that's when those other people come in and when they're trying to do the same thing, that's where it comes, that team environment, the power to bring yourself as an individual out of the hole. You can do it a lot easier when someone's standing next to you. Right, right. And that's, I mean, you and I both know that and our guest coming on today certainly knows that. Now, one of the things that Marcus and I always ask our guests as, as, as we either finish the show or throughout the show is, you know, if you feel compelled to, we always request, you know, say, put out the invitation that, hey, to write in and share your greatest never quit story of your life or share a story that you've heard from somebody that you love or you're passionate for, or, you know, somebody that's been your mentor or has had been a profound influence in you to share that story. And and if, if they're good, I mean, they're all good in their own way, but if they're really good and they hit home for us, we're going to read them on the, on the show. So today... Instead of and if you hear a story on here that's similar and, and you think tops it, we want to hear it. Absolutely. I mean, bring I, I, it there, I, that's the competition. Well, yeah, all and, right, check this out. Right, and and to bring them to us, and if and if they're epic, and I mean truly epic, then there's a good chance that I mean, uh, we'll, we'll bring you on the show. We'll, you'll, yeah. you will be a guest on the Team Never Quit podcast. So before we get started and move into the interview phase of our our show. We're going we're gonna to alter. Usually we do a historical moment, and and because of the guest that's coming on and its relationship with Marcus and and, and me and our, our the proximity of, of what we've seen together, we're really, that's where our historical moments are going to lie. So we've decided to change it up, and we're going to actually read one of the submissions that we got online. And if you want to check out where you can do that in all of our other shows— don't ever be afraid to go to teamneverquit.com forward slash podcast. That's teamneverquit.com forward slash podcast. And that's where all the shows are, 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 are taken. They're there. And there's even a section for you to share your story. So this is one of the stories. That yeah, and we're talking to the guy who's sitting on the edge of the radio going, oh, man, the story's too crazy. I, I got a good one, but I don't know. Yeah, we're talking. I'm talking directly to you, the guy who's sitting there listening right now. 
We want to hear it. We want to hear it. So we're going to start out today with a story from one of our listeners whose name is Ivan. All right, Marcus, you ready for this? Yep, send it. Here we go. First, I want to thank you so much for such a great organization. I've not been able to attend any of the events yet, and he's talking about the Patriot Tour, but I plan to. In 1990 or so, I was hit in the head by an airplane propeller. I had finished the university at at university with a degree. Wait, what? Yeah, in the head with an airplane propeller. Was he on the wing? I'm not say sure. that? No, I don't know yet. Hold on. I had finished <laughs> university with a degree in aeronautics. I had finished my commercial fixed wing multi-engine pilot license, and I got my airframe and power plant mechanic license. To some people, this might not seem like a knot. For me, it was everything. I had nothing else except for my family and myself. The hit took about half of my skull and about 25% of my left brain. Due to the bone going into my brain, they told my mother and wife that I more than likely would not make it through the night. If I did make it, the doctor said everything would be different for me forever. I was paralyzed on my whole right side, other than my knee and elbow. I had no equilibrium to speak of. I spent the next six years in rehab, learning to walk again. They told me I would never wear, I would wear, have to wear a brace for the rest of my life. I do not wear a brace now. I could not walk or ride in a, in a wheelchair without throwing up. I had lost all, most of my cognitive skills. The worst was the FAA told me I would never be able to work in the aviation industry again with the loss of the brain. At first, I was lost to what was going to happen to me and what my life was going to be like next. Then one day, my index finger moved. It was then that I knew if I didn't want to be handicapped the rest of my life, it was going to be up to me. So in my mind, from that moment, I decided I would never quit pushing to become better than I was before the accident. So dealing with this every day, it can get old. I have a small poster that I stare at every single day that says this, I am not the strongest. I am not the fastest. I am not the biggest, but I am consistent, persistent resilient, and I will never, ever quit. I still deal with headaches almost every day, but I can drive again. I work out and run again. I ran my first 10K, and I plan on getting better and better. No matter what anybody tells me, I will be better in shape than I was in high school. My mother passed away a couple of years ago, but my father is still around. I help my father on his farm most days. My mother and father raised jumping horses. So we, won't, we never really had much as far as money goes, but I grew up with the attitude that everything can be done if you give it, give it a chance and work hard for it. Sorry about my spelling and grammar. Thank you so much for the inspiration. And by the way, I love the podcast. I've listened to all of them more than once. <laughs> he, he lost half a quarter of his brain, brother. <laughs> I got apologizing for grammar at the end of it with, when his half, half his brain got caved in. <laughs> I bet you that there's. I, I would make more grammatical errors writing that something that long than, than than with all my brain than he did with half of it. I mean, think about that. Imagine you and, and I'm a writer, <laughs> and you are a writer. Yeah. Yes, you are. Huh. Imagine moving all the way, ascending to the, to to reaching your goal, your dream, and then to have that dream come crashing down because of an accident, right? Because of an accident. Well, now, it just goes to show you that that, that being the aeronautical engineer wasn't the dream. Life is right. Absolutely. So when you get knocked back down, reevaluate, and then go forward with the next dream. 
one of the amazing things to me about that story is is here is a guy that you know in the moment of utter despair where they're telling him you know you're failed you're never going to make it you know you're probably going to die you know your life is never going to be the same you're always going to have a brace I mean, but to find that shred of hope. Sure. Well, that's what separates those that come to that. <clears throat> you see people with physical therapy doing it all the time. The doctors are standing there telling you, hey, this is what we're going to do for physical therapy. But I don't care how good the doctor is. They're not going to have any idea what's really burning inside of you. So I always, just, and kind of what this guy did, man, you just switched places. So if the doctor was busted up standing here and I was standing on the other side, what would I want to hear from him? Right. And that's what you tell yourself, right? So he says 10, well, then we'll be working for 12. That, and then, I mean, as soon as the guy saw his, his, his finger move well that's at the end of everything if that's working down there then everything else in between has got to be working let's get it get it operational i dig it man i dig it yeah right that just goes i mean born like that and then to, to lose half your brain and to, to get back after it some people are born with everything and don't have half the drive just for because they think they're not special or whatever and that guy just told you right there he was special and they took that away from him so now he's trained yeah that's what we say on here all the time we're all not the special same. man you just trained right so i am to start all the way to fall down the mountain and then take a deep breath and start climbing back up is a big thing. And then halfway up, he's like, oh, it's working. Let's keep going. So I love it. I love it, man. And, and that's a, the valuable lesson there that to really, I think, drill down on one little thing like his finger moving or one little thing in your life that you can tap into that creates that spark, right? That ignition point for you wanting to really, you know, jump forward in your life with with that training regimen, whatever how, it might how be. How powerful is the, the brain and the body, though? Everything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, everything. I mean, everyone says, well, this is, it works like the book. You have really no idea what that thing's capable of, and he just tapped into something that I, only half of it. He's back in operation like ha- most humans. It, it, it's funny, man. <laughs> when, when I was first time I read it, and I, I heard about the, you know, read about the finger, I, I immediately took me back to the movie Kill Bill, right? When she comes out of the hospital the toe? and she goes, move your toe, right? Yeah. Just wiggle it, yeah. wiggle your toe. And, and that's the whole and, thing. And Buck's truck from Huntsville, <laughs> Texas. <laughs> and, and I love the, the concept and the visualization. So if you're listening out there and you're struggling and you're in the hole and you feel like you're broken and you feel like half your brain's been chopped out by an airplane propeller, just latch on to one little thing. But it thing. hasn't. But it hasn't. You sh- you can still go. You're I mean, still there. But if it had gotten chopped off by half an F, we got a guy here that can tell you that it's not over. All right. Look for the one little finger. All right, so split. put that up there on the wall. We got the dude with its... Yeah. It's the airplane person. Awesome, yeah, awesome with only half a brain. Uh, so awesome. if anybody calls in complaining, <laughs> like, you need to talk to Ivan. Ivan. Yeah. And Ivan, we just want to thank you so much, brother, for sending that in. And we really appreciate your story. You're an inspiration to all of us. Uh, uh, yeah, motivate yeah. for months. And motivate for months. All right. So now let's transition and, and let's move into the this, the next component. Uh, and before I do that, I just want to let all the listeners know, hey, if you get the opportunity, you're really digging us, go go to the teamneverquit.com website. We've got a, a whole truckload of great merchandise, new t-shirts that just came in. Uh, we've got this wonderful speakers bureau with all different kinds of speakers coming from from the people that we really admire the most. And and maybe for your organization or your company that's searching for that type of motivation, man, there's a whole myriad of, 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 of men and women that you can choose from to, to get your team fired up. And also, we've got a, some great ammunition out there too, right? The TNQ frangible ammo, man, I, I, I shot that yep. stuff recently and it was 
epic. Yeah, let's hear from you if you got it, if you shot it. If Dan, you, tell us what's it, bad about it, not what's good, because we, we want to fix it. We want to fix it, so write into and let us know how you dig the ammo. All right, so that sets us up for the next part, bud. The guy coming in, you've already alluded to, he, he goes way back for us. He's a guy that's been in and out of our lives. You know, he's a team guy. He's a frogman. He's a, one of the incredible entrepreneurs out there from our community in particular who's taken this wonderful experience of, of the SEAL teams and translated into a, 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 a long-time successful apparel brand called Forged. And you can definitely go check out all of his great new T-shirts and old T-shirts on Forge.com. That's Forge.com. So, you know, what do you say, man? Let's just get to it and yeah. bring Mike yeah. on. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you what, dude. It, I'm telling you. Like, when when it, when it happens. One of our own. When it, wait a minute. Has it just started? Are you starting to read my mind now? Is that what's going on? Uh. I, that's starting to get a little uh, <laughs> trippy. So, hey, then what else am I thinking right now? I, I went down. I just, you shouldn't be thinking that. <laughs> in a rabbit hole. Wrong in a rabbit hole right away. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll tell you what I'm thinking. I'm super fired up because the guy that I just talked about is on right now. We just, he's on air. And this guy is one of the most uh, humbling dudes you've ever seen because he's taken this wonderful experience of the team's translated into this amazing business that supports incredible uh, amount of people and veterans out there. And, and he's also, you know, a close personal friend of ours. And, and dude, I tell you what, I'm super fired up to have Mike Sowers on the show. So, Mike, welcome to the Team Never Quit podcast, brother. Well, thanks for having me, fellas. Great to see you guys again, Dave, Marcus. It'll be fun. Great to be with you. So uh, what we do, Mike, is every time a guest comes on, we, we realize that it, it – it takes a little while to 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 fit into you know what we're trying to do. We hit hard with these great stories, but we also like to have a lot of fun. Yep, so, that's how we bring it out. I mean, right to to relax people and to to feel good. So in order to do a little uh uh you know deep tissue massage in your brain and your gray matter right now, and to <laughs> to get you warmed up, so to speak, we've got what's called the Mad Minute. <laughs> I all those. I was just re- referring back to all those conversations we used to have back when we were deployed, and, I, and at the end of those, how weird they would get. All right, we're gonna start with that. <laughs> all right, so just to relax you enough to know exactly where we're going with this conversation. So ju- to, to incorporate them, we do it just like we would to in, to talk about the madness. We got to incorporate the humor, right? So we do that in the beginning. And Amen, then, brother. All right. Having him on there, that's easy day because we walk around in that <laughs> every we single. We don't even day. need a mad minute for this guy. <laughs> Actually, (laughs) all right, we're out. Yeah. All right, all right. So, are you ready, Mike? Let's do it. All right, all right. First question is: Dun 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 dun. dun. Would you rather run for political office or run a charity? Uh, Run a charity, hands down. No. All right. Favorite superhero? Superman. Beatles, Rolling Stones, or Led Zeppelin? Led Zeppelin, hundred percent. Quarterback or the receiver in the winning game in the Super Bowl? Receiver. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Two times. All right. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or Snapchat? Instagram. Bam. You could play out a character in a movie in real life. Who would it be? Character in a movie in real life. Probably Rocky. 
Man, the God, that's I love a good this. one, man. That's a really that's good, good one. Why Rocky? Ah, uh, you know, he's a Pennsylvania guy. Just Why like Rocky? Me. What kind of question? Is, you I, can't ask somebody that question listen, after they deliver more, that message. There's more to it. I mean, right? he's not even from Philly. He, I was quite impressed. <laughs> you know, he was a small guy that was up there always that, beaten up by it's David versus Goliath story, you know, every single time. And, you know, when I was a kid, I remember going to watch Rocky Four in a movie theater. Oh, I never saw so many people in there. There was people sitting in the aisles and shit. They just couldn't even keep them out. They're like, I, I'm going to see it. That's just what's going to happen. Remember that? Like, yeah, that was like I that for the first Batman that, movie. You know? I saw that in the aisles. <laughs> I love it. I love uh, it. Right? All right. Rocky, all right that's all great. Right. We're Rocky. Hey, Rocky three gets tossed around here a lot. It's like the staple. So when you bring up a Rocky movie, you're, you're, you're golden now. All right. Here you go. You know what? Then I, I stand corrected because when you asked him why Rocky, I shouldn't have, I should have come at you like that because why not? Rock? Good. Good I, point. I, you got it. Right. There's, there's deeper. There's deeper things yeah, going on. There, I'm sorry. Right. Because well, we were just getting. We're getting warmed up. We'll just get warmed, warmed up. up. All right. All right. Ready? Here's the next question. All right. If there was one thing you could change about the world, what would it be? I mean, honestly, right now, you know, it's, you know, it's just all the violent nonsense that's going on in the world like now i mean not to dull the moment here but you know just you know like the slangs and the cop killings and all, you know all the senseless killings throughout the world you know we need military we need people to protect us but just all the the, the nonsense or nonsensical slang and killing going on in the world right now it's just too much uh unneeded violence right now yeah, in the world. Co- coming from a guy uh like that, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Problem, no, right? Because it, he's not—he's not a violent it. man. He's just a man of violence. That's well, the way you say that. And I—and there's one of the greatest things that I ever—and we—we've got a guest coming up on, on well, during this batch of recordings that's going to talk to that nature of that. You know, great warriors don't have bloodlust in their heart. They actually want to propel the the beauty of civilization, right? They want to protect it and to and to acknowledge it, but you're, you're right, man. I just heard a statistic on the news yesterday, the day before that it's every 89 hours, there's a terrorist attack now. And if, if, if we've gotten to that in the world and that's not just in the middle East, that's oh, yeah, in Europe and all over. So man, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I, I love that answer, Mike. That's my favorite. Go ahead, Marcus for the last one, bud. That one was, uh, that one floored me. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing, man. I, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. There's quite a few people. Out there that need some killing. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. That's why I'm saying no. It's perfect because I, I know. Hey, use, hey, don't worry, Mikey. Use a killer. No. Allow, I, I was seeing it. I was there. So don't worry. No one's gonna confuse that. Uh, uh, allow me to digress. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, brother. Use a killer. All right. Awesome. <laughs> I just took off my tie-dyed shirt before yeah. this. Yeah. I am still living in Southern California. Right. Anyone, <laughs> listen, make no mistake about that. Oh my God. <laughs> All right, all right. Well, Mike, thanks for playing the, the Mad Minute with us. We just really love it. It brings a, some great answers, and every time we're, we're we're incredibly surprised and just really thankful that people like to have so much fun. So appreciate that, brother. So you know, the whole show as we talked, but leading up to it and our phone conversation yesterday, you and I had, and it, is this whole meaning for this show and our purpose is to is to bring wonderful guests on board who have a, a deep understanding of the never quit mindset and to have them share their greatest never quit story of their lives. So without further ado, man, please, would you, would you share that story with our listeners? Tax day is coming. Oh, no. 
But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I would definitely have to say um, the biggest uh, hurdle, uh, you know, the biggest obstacle I ever faced in my life was definitely, you know, my journey into the SEAL teams, you know. As far as it's just starting with buds all the way through, you know, my 13 year career, um, you know, it, 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 the saying is, as you guys know, the only easy day is yesterday. Yeah, and, there's, <laughs> and there's so much truth to that. You know, every day in the SEAL teams is hard. It's just like every single person goes, that must be the greatest job in the world. It, it is a great job. <laughs> it's, you know, I compare it, it's like being a professional athlete. You know what I mean? It's like it's training camp right now. You know, and you see guys, you know, like. You know, Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady, 38 years old. You know what I mean? It's just like looking at your 38-year-old chief out there. You know, that's like, sweet, great. We get to sleep in a swap again. Awesome. <laughs> I've only slept in 400 swaps. You know, this is awesome. We have to do cold weather training <laughs> again. <laughs> because I'm not sure if I remember how to sleep in the snow. All right? Oh, but, my God. You know, it's just what it is. But, you know, we have to say, you know, embrace the suck. That's and it. it's so true. As you guys know, it's like. You know, that's what makes team guys, team guys. Uh, but, you know, I guess it, it's, it starts back for me, even in Buds. Yeah, I grew up in a small town in western Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, I, I, I played a lot of sports in high school. Yeah, I was all-state wrestler. I played football. Um, I, I didn't swim. We had a pool at my house, you know, but I never learned to, you know, be a proper swimmer. I didn't really want to shave my legs and stuff, so I used to make fun of all my friends. <laughs> But you sense? hold on, but you did wear a singlet. <laughs> <laughs> I did wear a singlet. You got me there. <laughs> but, you know, and you know, yeah, I guess it depends on how hairy too. you are if you have to shave in one of those singlets, right? I'm from the south. Right. We don't have that. Brother, dude, I, I'd be shaving for days. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so after high school, and what I, I got a question. What drove you into the SEAL teams? You know, uh, I, I never I had a couple uncles um, who were in the Vietnam War. And so I always heard stories. They were both in, uh, I had three uncles actually who were in the army during Vietnam. Uh, one of my uncles was in the 82nd airborne. He was involved in some cool. heavy combat and stuff. And, um, you know, he was your you know, typical Vietnam vet, drove a Harley around big beard, you know, and <laughs> always, you know, drinking Pabst blue ribbon, talking about killing at the, you know, family reunion when, you know, you're four years old listening to all these stories. <laughs> I love <laughs> those uncles. I love those guys. You are one of those <laughs> no, uncles, oh, man. So, uh, I mean, he's a great guy, and uh, finally he did get some recognition now for, you know, and, and he's getting somewhat taken care of with the VA now, you know, but great guy. But I was just hearing those stories, you know, kind of got me interested in the war uh, or in the military and stuff like that, you know, and reading books about war and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of planned on going to college. Uh, I, I had some offers for wrestling. And I just got to the point where I just hated school. <laughs> You'll hear from a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of, of team guys and stuff. I mean, I really got to a point where I was like, 
right here. <laughs> I, I, I knew I knew what I wanted to do. You know, <laughs> the like, thing about that yeah. is, man, I've never <laughs> run into one of us, even even the sixty gunners, right? Yeah. Uh, let's say it like that. Even the sixty gunners that get out of the teams <laughs> to go to college and, and don't make four They don't just they crush it. Yeah, yeah. Afterwards, I, I, but after not the, before. No, no. After the teams, after yeah, they yeah, get yeah, out, but not I mean, before. All, uh, doctors, lawyers. I mean, you hear about them guys that go back, and it's, it's a piece of cake. Yeah. After being in the teams. Because they're focused now. Exactly. All right. So you got in and, and did you have to go to a school right away or did you get straight to buds? No, I, I had to do uh, uh, the a school and stuff like that. I was kind of before they had the whole seal prep program and all that. But uh, yeah, actually, uh, I, I it's funny how I, I chose to go to the seals because, uh, you know, I'd saw that movie Navy SEALs and honestly tell you the truth. I mean, I, didn't, I thought it was like Attack Force Z or something. I, I didn't even realize, you know, you know, they were really guys out to me. there, you know, I was probably like 15 years old or something, watched it. And uh, then uh, a friend of my brother's who uh, he, he knew from wrestling uh, was back home on leave, actually. And uh, he came by our house and uh, I asked him what he was doing. He told me he was going through SEAL training. And I was like, SEALs? And like, He's like, like Navy SEAL. I was like, that movie with Charlie Sheen? He's like, yeah. I was like, really? I was like, that's, is it cool? He's like, hell yeah, it's cool. It's like a wrestling team that runs around with machine guns. And, <laughs> you know, little did I know, you know, he was like in second phase of Buds and didn't really know shit. Right. But, you know, <laughs> it, was, it, was en- it was enough to sell me on it and get me interested in it. I started reading about it, you know, and I'd always been interested in skydiving, scuba diving, doing cool shit. You know, I was like. I either want to be like a stuntman, you know, or, or I want to go into military and do something badass and serve my country, you know. And I didn't, you know, I went to the guidance counselor and said, he's like, what do you want to be? I said, you know, I was like 14. I was like, I want to be a stuntman, you know, in like small town of Pennsylvania. He's, you know, before the internet, he's kind of like, well, uh, what's a stuntman do? I think, well, I don't know. You watch TV, jump off buildings, you know, catch yourself on fire. And Dunce. he's like, yeah. <laughs> from, what I, from what I've heard from the emergency room at the hospital, you've already been doing all that shit. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but that wasn't practice. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so that's how I got kind of interested in it. And uh, then, uh, you know, I did the old recruiter thing, went and uh, signed up and everything. And uh, a little did I know, you know, you needed a certain rate to go to, but I was like, I don't care. Just give me any rate, you know? And I was supposed to be a gunner's mate. And, you yeah, know, what, what were he, you? he could have made me a yeoman because that's the next year rate to go to Bud's. And uh, luckily, he's like, well, you're a torpedo man's mate. And I was like, what the hell is that? And he's like, well, it's like a gunner's mate. So guns use torpedoes. <laughs> I was like, all right, sounds good to me. <laughs> so, God. So, uh, what, what Bud's class did you go through Hell Week with? I went through Hell Week with uh, Bud's class 212. Check. Okay, because you, I, I, I thought you were two thirteen for some reason. So right on. Okay, is what were you? Two oh eight was my Hell Week class, but I graduated with two oh nine. Right. So, so what, what was, what was Hell Week like for you, Mike? Was it one of those pivotal moments? Because every single one of us, when we, when we're together, we talk about there was that moment in Hell Week where it was like, geez, uh, you know. This- you ever, how many times you think about, we always ask, how many yeah, times yeah. think about quitting? I was like, hell, it's easier to think about how many times I thought about staying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, what, there was a, did you, oh, you know how they talk about Hell Week? Like, was it Wednesday? Wednesday you turn into a robot, you right. won't remember anything. I, that didn't happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely remember Wednesday, that's for damn sure, you know, and, uh, <laughs> It, and uh, I, I got a pretty good first phase story for you. Let's <laughs> you, hear it. Do you want to talk about never quit? Well, I actually went through first phase twice. So <laughs> good for oh, that's you. Awesome. Uh, so uh, it wasn't that awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <But> <laughs> it was definitely a learning experience. But uh, 
Yeah, let's just say this goes back to the whole, yeah, I, I, did, I never really learned how to properly swim. <laughs> you know, and I just made fun of all the guys who are on the swim team, you know, like, ah, what do I want to do that for? Um, uh, you know, really, it's like, you know, you know, we didn't have that whole Bud's prep program back when we went through, you know what I mean? And uh, you basically went and you took this grading test, you know, you trained yourself to swim that 500 meters. And I don't know about you guys, but that was the farthest I'd ever swam. <laughs> yeah, you know, 500 meters in a pool. <laughs> I never swam two miles in an ocean before. And, uh, you know, I, I figured I was good to go, you know, just like everything else I'd done, you know, I'd just like use my physical ability. I'd say, you know what? I, I'm a tough person. I'll just muscle through wait. this. Yeah, muscle it. You, you know what I mean? And, you know, from all the guys I talked to, you know, they seal motivators and stuff, you know, they were like, you know, as long as you have a positive mindset, you know, whenever you get a chance, get out there and swim and do that. But, you know, just keep working on your technique and, you know, of anything you do, um, you know, it buds, it's like, you can't fight the water swimming. You know, it's like, if you don't have proper techniques, swimming, nothing can beat can it. That's why, yeah, Mama Ocean. Nothing can beat the water. Oh, yeah. Mama Ocean you, owns your ass. Everything. You, you, you can fight it as hard as you want. And usually, you know, the more muscle mass you have on your body, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I'm five foot six. I'm one of the smaller team guys there. I was, you know, when, when you made a height line in my buds class, it started with me, you know. Earth <laughs> 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 you know? Let's just say, you know, I didn't have the ideal swimmer's body, you know. I didn't look like Michael Phelps out there, you know. <laughs> but, uh, it, um, you know, in the first phase, definitely. Uh, so what you're saying you know, is the class didn't guide off of you in the two-mile <laughs> Yeah, def- <laughs> definitely not. I think the first couple <laughs> swims, you know, I, I was going in the surf zone, coming back out. You know? There's an anchor man. <laughs> yeah, literally, <laughs> literally. So what did yeah, you yeah. get did you get rolled for swimming then in first phase? Yeah, yeah, I got rolled uh this is where the story gets really good. So I, I go through Hell Week, yeah, you know, uh with two twelve and uh I, you know, I make it to the end of Hell all the way to the end of Hydro. And oh, God. um I had only passed one swim and it was the last swim. <laughs> And, and honestly, I was just getting everything down. You know, everybody can make excuses. Everybody's like, oh, it's my swim buddy and this and that. And, oh, I mean, what time end, of the year was it? Hey, what, uh, this is an important question. Important. What, what, time of the, what time of the year? Um, was- we, we went through Hell Week, I believe it was in March. So it, this was around it starts March. Starts doing up. Step. Oh, it's still up pretty good in March. It's still chilly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, we, it was definitely chilly Hell Week. So, uh. You know, you get, you get through first phase and all that. And I mean, when you're a student, you don't know, you know, all the criteria, you know, now they do, you know, when I was an instructor, like, I don't know how all this stuff leaked on the internet or whatever. They know, well, I passed this many swims and this and that. And <laughs> I hear I go, like, I didn't know it, bud. You know, I figured, hell, you know, I got to the point where I'm good. I passed the swim. This is great. Uh, and <laughs> that's the point, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's the point, right? So, Perfect. Um, Perfect. You know, I, I mean, I knew I wasn't the best, but, uh, you know, they, they bring us all up to, a, you know, inside a few chits here and there, you know, for failed swims. And, you know, they, they bring people in for boards. This is the very last day of first phase, you know, already had my helmet painted blue, you know. And Huge so day. They, they, they start naming guys to come in the office. And, you know, some guys get rolled after Hell Week medically and stuff like that. And, so they're bringing guys in for their interviews. And so they named four guys. I was one of them. And they bring us in the room, you know, in the office there. You're standing in front of the man in the first phase office, you know, always a gold. good feeling, yeah. you know. And uh, so they said, um, you know, each one of you guys has, has failed an evolution multiple times. And 
we think the best thing to do with you guys is to roll you guys. And uh, it wasn't a huge surprise. And uh, so kind of like, okay, you know, here we go. All right. You know, they're going to roll me. And he said, we're going to roll you to one, one day. And one, one day day (laughs) means we're going to roll you to the first day of training. (laughs) And uh, so you're standing there in your brown shirt and, uh, you know, you got your other helmet painted blue already. (laughs) Get ready to go to second phase. And that's what you were thinking before you went in that office. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, you're going to go all the way through the hardest part of Buds again. Dude, that's never quit. And, uh, that's, that's our part. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> and, and I just remember standing there like, wow, is this really happening? <laughs> now this is, you know, this sucks. And of course you're thinking to your mind, so does he mean I'm going through Hell Week again? <laughs> you know, this is really like not. four weeks after you just got out of Hell Week. You know, you're still shell-shocked about going into water. And uh, I remember the senior chief in there said, yeah, and, and I'm talking, you're going through the entire, I think it was eight weeks back then. He said, you're going through the entire eight weeks again, which includes Hell Week. Um, you know, and uh, you could DOR now, or if you want to go ahead and continue and roll into the next class, then go ahead and, uh, you know, sign this chit. And, and he looked at the first guy, he's like, what's your decision? And the guy's like, I'm not going through that again. And he DORs. And he says, next guy, same thing, DORs. The first three guys all said, I'm not going through it again. They all quit and went and put their helmet under the bell. We actually had the most uh, uh, post-Hell Week quitters ever in the history of Buds. Oh, wow. We had five guys quit during Walk Week. And then, you know, everybody always has their story. But it's legitimately (laughs) true. I spent spent three years as an active duty instructor and almost five years as a civilian instructor. So I always looked up all these records and nobody ever believes it. (laughs) I mean, really, like we had five guys quit in Walk Week, but then three guys come out, put their helmet on. There was not like I believe it was about eight quitters after that week. And uh, um, but to finish this story, it, it came up, you know, and the uh, senior chief looked at me and he's like, "Well, what's your decision? You're going to do what those guys did, DOR too? That seems like the thing to do today." And uh, I looked at him and I was like, uh, "I'm still in trading, right?" <laughs> he's like, "Well, if you want to be, you're still in trading." And I said. Hey, I'm, I mean, I'm from a small town in, in Pennsylvania and I have no other plan. Like this is it. This is yeah. my only plan. What else am I going to do? The pain I, is I, my I, plan. Like this is my only plan. Like I'm still in trading, right? You go, well, if you sign this piece of paper, now, you're still in trading, but you're going to, you know, you're, are you willing to take off that brown shirt, put a white shirt back on and do the entire eight weeks again, including hell week? Are you willing to do that? I was like. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still training. I can still be a SEAL. And he's like, well, yeah, you got to go through that all again. I said, yeah, I'm willing to do it. I was like, uh, one question. And he's like, what's that? I go, uh, when do I start? And he's like, Monday. I was like, Monday. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, you got the weekend to recover. So I'm like, this is great. But I mean, honestly, back then, you know, now, They've done a lot of, you know, like I said, you know, I spent a long time, you know, being an instructor and, and working in the program as an active duty guy and as a civilian. And, and, and I took a lot of my lessons learned in, in the knowledge I had, you know, just for me going through buds, like everybody does, you know, and try to help and implement the system. And definitely one thing, you know, that they learned, like back then, you know, when we were in buds, it was pretty common to roll guys to one one day just because. There wasn't any kind of rehabilitation program, yep. really. 
You know, it I was remember like, those. That brother, was you, that brother, was rehabilitation. Brother, I, Rolling I, your back was rehabilitation, dude. dude I, I got I got rolled three times, brother. I know what getting rolled dude, back. I had is two all guys about. in my class rolled back from the island. The one one day, the one, one one day, and one and they both went back and, and they were doing again. log PT when we were graduating. I'll never forget it. And and one of them didn't make it, and one of them did. That's awesome, dude. All right, I'm sorry, Mike, because this is an epic story. <laughs> yeah. Tell me what happened. Did you go to one one day? Oh yeah, yeah. So you know, Monday there I am showed up, and uh, luckily we had a better proctor that class, and. It was funny, actually, because that proctor was one of the meanest instructors there. And all of a sudden, he turned into, like, one of the best guys when he was oh, a proctor. Awesome. You know, you see him flip around. Uh, the guy named Doug Sholand. I don't know if you oh, one of my, he's one of my favorites. Of my, he was him and Corey Knowles were the nightmares in my hell week. But, I mean, he made more people quit than the plague. And But he turned out, I mean, one of the greatest guys, one of the greatest SEALs I've, I've ever been exposed to, for sure. But, you know, it's, it was one of those things where, I mean, it really was what I needed in the fact that going back and doing all of those swims again, you know, and, and like, that's what I needed. I, I'm not sure I needed to do those uh, le- long land portages, you know, <laughs> four mile land portages yeah. or, 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 or you know, how we Lions <laughs> like I mean, yeah. uh, but the funny thing was, so I mean, it, it, the mental aspect of it, it was, the physical aspect was good. And the fact that I, I became a really good swimmer, you know, and I was kind of like a middle to back of the pack runner, you know, and, you know, I just got to the point where I was like, you know, I wanted to be up there with the instructors, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and seeing guys quit, you know, that really, it just reinforced my mental when I was sitting there like, I'm doing this again. I was just <laughs> doing this a month ago. You know, I went through hell week and I would just, I remember running with the boat on my head and like guys in the boat, you know, that are ducking out. Like, you think this is hard? This isn't shit. I'm like, we're going to do this for five days in hell week. I love it. You probably made people quit than the instructors. I was like, get out of here, you pussy. You know, it was like, I mean, it was like tough. And and I'm sure like the instructor saw that, you know, and you know, Sholey would always be running with us. You know, he was kind of a short guy too. So he'd be back. I was a Smurf crew, you know, no big surprise. You know, so... You know, he's kind of like you're back there. He'd be like, you know, you know, it's be motivating that one guy, you know, who runs their guys out of the boat, you know, so yeah. like, run him out, like run him out, you know, <laughs> get him out of here. You know? <laughs> Tax day is coming. Oh no! But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a three percent match, you can get up to a hundred ninety-five dollars for the twenty twenty-three tax year. Oh yeah! Sign up at Robinhood.com/slash/boost-by-tax-day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, I, I kind of became that guy, you know, and, and you just wanted to be up there, you know, especially after being enrolled, you know, it's kind of like when you were in that office, the last thing they said to you was, you know, you're getting another shot. But if I ever see you in this office sure. again, yeah. you're done. For anything, you're done. like you're done. You're so done. Mike, you know? Mike, I got a quick question for you. That, that's a that's a big hit to, to most people out there and people out there take those kind of hits on a regular basis in their lives. 
and they're have they're forced to go back to the beginning to start over, if you will. But as as you so eloquently put, I mean, just in that office alone, in that in that board, three guys who had made it, they they weren't willing to do it because of the the magnitude of the pain that was involved that weekend. Did you go through any, uh, you know, uh, you know, were you, did you get nervous about the decision? What were you thinking about that weekend that got you fired up to then catapult yourself to be the guy who wanted to be in the front of every run, every swim, every, everything. What did you think about? I, you know, I had had some falls back at, uh, like I said, back in high school, you know, I was, uh, uh, all state wrestler and stuff. And, you know, my senior year, I, I got upset in a district tournament, you know, and I, I was one of the highest seated guys and basically I got upset right away. So I basically, you know, had to fight back through the tournament, you know, just to qualify, you know, to, for the next tournament. And, uh, you know, that was a huge setback in my life where I could have said, yeah, I had a good career, you know, and, and you know, th- this isn't, you know, that big a deal, you know, I, you know, whatever, you know, if I win, I win, if I lose, I lose. You know, but it's kind of like that. That was the time in my life where I was like, you know what? I have to fight for this. This is something I worked for, you know, my whole time, you know, since I wrestled at eight years old, you know, it's like I'd fought for this, you know, and, and I came all the way back through, you know, and qualified for the state tournament in Pennsylvania and stuff. So, so I had had that. I thought back on that. Um, definitely <laughs> it, it was tough, but going through first phase again, but you, you know, like you say, you know, with anything, and, and that was probably. You know, the best, you know, going back through buds, though, you know, that it, everything else in life, you know what I mean? And, and tragic situations, you know, it's it, it's it doesn't really compare to that, you know, but getting in that mental mindset, you know, I just stayed focused on the goal. You know, I, that, that's the thing. I knew there was still the ability to become a Navy SEAL. The ability was still there. I still had the opportunity, you know, just give me the opportunity you know, I, if I, I'm going to fail, it's going to be on me, but I, I had the opportunity. It was still there, you know, and they were giving it to me. And, you know, in, in my mindset, I was just saying, you know what, just take one evolution at a time, Amen. just better yourself. I, like I said, I went back and that was a Friday and when we got rolled and, and that Saturday, um, uh, one of the instructors, actually, uh, a really good guy was the third phase instructor named Phil Ryan. Awesome. Yeah, mug. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Mug. Yeah. And, and, and Phil was friends with uh, with Doug Sholin and Mike Getka, who were also first phase oh, Mike Getka, <laughs> hammer, hammer time, hammer, the Harris hammer, the Dude, hammer. He, he called my name out on a golf course years after training, and I still had that shiver back in your head. You're like, I started, ah. I started looking for water. I was like, man, he's like, try it. Mike Getka, if you're out there, we love you, brother. Yeah, we you're love you. Hardest man I ever, have ever, ever, ever met. <laughs> oh, he's still out there. I've run into him a few places. <laughs> he's definitely still out. He's cheated death a few times. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, Mike. So, very terrifying. Very amazing terrifying. story of resilience, man. I love those stories. I mean, the guys that make it straight through, no problems, all that, commend them, high fives, but. It's those those stories of perseverance and resilience and grit that really in, are, are close to my heart because I had to do it three times. But let's take that experience and fast forward now. Uh, I, I know you, you know you and I were new guys in the teams in, in the same era and time, and then going into that next platoon. And let's talk about that first trip, that first trip downrange where it was for real, and those those first real hardships that you faced within you know, your platoon and, and, and being in combat, 
how how often did that that you know reset point of that you knew you could overcome and face the adversity how often did you call upon that in in those really extreme environments well definitely i mean as you as you guys know in the teams you know the more you're inoculated to those adverse situations you know the the more that you're going to be receptive to it you know like it's never easy you know just like i say it's the old embrace the suck you know, but, uh, you know, I believe like nothing prepares you, you know, you can never be fully prepared for combat. You know, it's just like when you're trying to pregame a gunfight, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, you're trying to tell civilians when they're on the range, you know, taking these civilian, you know, courses, you know, I'm trying to, tell them, you know, they're like, I'm going to run to that car and go to that barrel. And it, well, guess what? There's not a car and a barrel in every situation in life. You know, <laughs> it's like, what, what if somebody ambushes you in a parking lot or a shopping mall? Cause that never happens. What are you going to do? You know what I mean? So, you, you know, you can't always pregame what you're going to do in life, you know, and you just have to prepare and train yourself for every situation, you know, and, and any kind of environment. And, you know, that's basically what we do in the teams, but you know, once you get over there, you know, from my experience, uh, you know, my, my first experience actually in any kind of war zone uh, was actually early in, in my career. We actually is before post 9-11 or pre 9-11 is that we went into into Kosovo. And, uh, you know, I mean, and back then, you know, Kosovo and Bosnia were really the, the only big theaters happening. And, uh, you know, there's some stuff going on in the Philippines and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I, I just remember going over there and, uh and, you know, realizing going to some of our first operations, a lot of them were reconnaissance operations and stuff like that. But, you know, just really having to square your stuff away and knowing that you're going out there, uh, you know, there's bad guys out there, you know, people that wanted to do harm to you, you know, that, you know, that really brings a feeling to you. Like, you know, you really have to have your shit squared away. You know, it, it just brings that real factor to it. Um, and I think for me that, that really helped me out even, um, you know, when we first went into Afghanistan, you know, um, I, I think it was early 2002 when, when we went into Afghanistan, you know, I, I think we were the second East coast platoon to go into Afghanistan. Um, and, and, you know, and it was a lot, you know, we were just really trying to figure out, you know, you know, what the enemy was and how to fight the enemy, you know, in that environment and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I remember, you know, being at SEAL Team 2 um, and uh, I was we, we never did any real desert training. You know, everybody was just <laughs> kind of specific to their training environment. You know what I mean? Yeah. SEAL Team 2, you were a winter warfare god. SEAL Team 4, you're a jungle god, you know. SEAL Team 3, you know, you're a desert god, desert, STV, yeah. you knew the STV, you know, it was like, Everybody SEAL Team One, we were Thailand gods. Right, yeah. yeah. That's about it. SEAL Team Five is volleyball and surfing. Club Five, baby. Club Five. Love you. Yeah. I, I mean, I was at Five, too, when I went to the West Coast. I was like, yeah, send me to Five. Volleyball there, uh, uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me, too. I was like, I Five. Going to Five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I heard about Fridays there. <laughs> but, but, you know, it just a, a, lot of the, a lot of those lessons learned from that just came, you know, it was like, it was great, you know, to be a master of your environment, you know, but then it was like, you know, we learned, you know, it's not one team that's going to sit there and fight the war for 10 years. But I mean, back then I was deployed during 9-11. I, I mean, we were getting ready to go do an exercise in, uh, in, in Sardinia. Uh, we were sitting at the unit in Germany and we were on a bus. And uh, I remember we we're getting ready to head to the airport in Grafenvier and the XO come running on a bus and he said, hey, a, a plane just ran into one of the Twin Towers. And, you know, when the first plane went in, nobody, you know, really right. knew what was happening, you know, and, 
we're like, holy cow, really? He's like, yeah, I'm not sure what's happening, but you know, just be aware, you know? Hey, you know, we're on, you know, a bus. So we, so we get to, uh, Rock, or actually we went to Robstein. So we got to Robstein airport and I remember going in and we went in a pilot's lounge and people are just going nuts, going crazy, you know? And, uh, and we're like, holy cow, I'm like, yes, it's a terrorist attack. You know, another plane hit the Pentagon and the other twin towers and they're both on fire. And I remember just sitting in on the base there, you know, just watching and, um, you know, I, I mean, everybody got on comms and, uh, you know, we, obviously we canked the exercise. We went and loaded up every platform, insertion platform, known to man, you know, I mean, locking and loaded right there, you know, locking down the base, you know, I mean, nobody really knew what was happening, um, you know, so, I mean, we had, you know, every insertion plat, double stack, I mean, I was there, ops rep, we were just building, building every platform. We had the SBU guys in there, you know, building, you know, stacking up uh, boats and stuff like that. I mean, we had everything going on and then it was just kind of hurry up and wait, uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, like we really didn't know what's going on. Um, but we, we ended up getting extended on that deployment um, and, and waiting there in, uh, in Germany. And uh, we got extended a few months, which, you know, in the teams, you always think like, you know, if you're downrange when the balloon goes up, you know, you're there, you're at the right <laughs> place, right time. And, you know, back then we really thought like, you know, it was just going to be a couple raids and we were going to go kill this Ben Laden guy. And like, <laughs> shit was going to be over. You know what I mean? Here we come. Like, yeah. Like, hey, stand by. You know, like on the new, I mean, you're just sitting there glued to the news, you know, jocked up in your barracks, you know, every day, <laughs> like waiting, you know, and they're talking about this new character, Ben Laden, you know, people are first hearing about and, you know, and Al Qaeda and, you know, the Taliban and I, I, my, my, uh, LPO of my platoon who just made chief, he spent like 10 years at, at dev group, you know, and he's like, you know, th- this is the first time, you know, I sat off the coast of places for a long time and like, this is it, you know, he was just as happy as us, you That's know, cool. and so, you know, you know, we, we were all happy and everything and, and the other platoons came and they sent extra platoons out and we're waiting there, waiting there. And then all of a sudden, you know, like I said, after a couple of months, we get the bad phone call. All right, return home. Because <laughs> when the balloon goes up, it's not. If you're in country, it's the boys behind it's you. Right behind you. It's everybody behind you. Behind so if you're in training, yeah. like yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, so I, I was like, oh, you know, we're getting on the airplane, and like this is how we're going back doing a whole other workup and deployment. Like it's gonna be two years. This war ain't gonna be lasting two years. I mean, it's gonna be over in six months. We right. just missed it, you know. And you know, little do you know, you know, <laughs> sixteen you know, years, later. years later, like. But uh, so fast forward, Mike. You know, he had an awesome career. Well, it's amazing because he wasn't done. That's not the end of it. No, no, he he went to Team Five. You got to be in the battle, the battle of Ramadi with Marcus. (laughs) And you know, I I think that was a, if I'm not mistaken, and you know, there's a wonderful you pay real tribute to one of our brothers on the Forged website, and really what the catalyst for you wanting to you know, figure out how to pay tribute to our brothers in a meaningful way. Can you, can you describe a little bit that moment where that light went off in your head that said, Hey, you know, there's something beyond my carrying a gun in life that I'm going to be able to continue service. What help us understand that moment in your career? You know, it was actually, you know, kind of a strange moment in my career. Cause I, I even now when I like, when I, when I reflect on it and, and try to figure it out myself, I'm still a little confused because, uh, <laughs> like Marcus said, you know, we deployed together into Ramadi 
And, uh, it, you know, we relieved uh, the Team 3 platoon that was over there where uh, Mikey Monsoor had been killed and Mark Lee had been killed. And, you know, several guys had been injured in that platoon. And, you know, we knew what we were getting ourselves into. And we knew it was dangerous. And everybody was fired up. And uh, I had joined the platoon a little bit later. Um, I, I'd left uh, my instructor duty early because yeah, the spot opened up in there, you know, and it was just like, just like Marcus said, <laughs> it's a pretty unbelievable career. I've had, God, dude. Yeah, I've, that's I've, crazy. I've had, I've had some couple, I've had some good openings, you know, pop up, you know, and some good offers. And, I mean, that dude's chased your careers looking for those wars. I mean, he, Kosovo, Afghanistan. It falls in his lap, man. Yeah. <laughs> when it was the worst. It, yeah. God, it, 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 so I came, actually, Marcus was the first guy I ran into over there. And uh, I'd already met his brother Morgan a few times, and I didn't realize he had a twin brother. Yeah. And uh, he just looked at me. I was like, hey, what's up, brother? And he's like, hey. And I was like, this guy's a real asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I hear all the time. I, People are constantly. I, 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 I said, I met, I've already met you a few times. And then he looked at me and goes, I never met you in my life. And, <laughs> You're uh, like, wait, am I losing my mind? Because well, I was in the hospital. <laughs> yeah. It was right after Afghanistan. Yeah. And Morgan got to the team early. It, it, it really was not too lucky after he got back. <laughs> Morgan checked on board like three months before me. And I was in the hospital. Once I got out, I checked back in. And that's when I ran into him. I, I think I just got there, hadn't I? I was like, <laughs> Meanwhile, meanwhile, you don't have any clue that what he just went through, and you're like, "What an asshole, dude!" <laughs> so, that, so then I turn around and I hear, "Hey, what's up, Mike?" And it's it's Morgan, and I'm looking. I'm like, "Holy Christ, there's two of you!" <laughs> so I, I mean, it probably just slipped my mind, <laughs> but uh, oh, after that, yeah, you know, everybody was super welcoming, and uh, you know, you know, it was uh, it was great to get in, in into that platoon and. I mean, it was just, you know, right away, you know, it was like, boom, get your gear on, you know, it, it, it was a big change of pace, you know, you, you just leave instructor duty, you know what I mean? You come over and it's boom, like you're in the platoon, man, you know, we're running a gun and, you know, I was, I was in, you know, that back then, you know, that's when we started, you know, moving into like task units and troop size <laughs> yeah. movement, you know, right. where you were working with bigger groups and stuff. We were bringing in more players and more elements, you know, so, you know, it's a lot of you know, just dry runs, a lot of mount work, you know, a lot of urban stuff. And, you know, everybody was real welcoming. We jumped right in there. I actually, you know, running point man on some operations and stuff like that. And, um, you know, it was really, it was really good. Everybody in the platoon was great, you know, and there, there was quite a few guys in there that I'd put through bud straining, you know, so of course you <laughs> cool. come up as an instructor, you know, like, and, oh, and those man, guys, had, those guys have done two platoons back to back together. Yeah. They didn't get broken up. Right. So we, he and I, Morgan, and two others got dropped into a platoon that had been together for for two for two yeah that's that's awesome. So in, in that deployment, you know, was there a moment because Marcus talks you know about it and he chatted it a little bit when we had Chad Fleming on that you know there was a, a different era or different or uh, a different energy going on because of the intensity of the conflict, the intensity. And and also, you know, coming off of of Mike Monsoor and 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 Mark Lee, and w did you feel that focus within the or within everybody that hey, this is real? This uh, not that it hadn't been before, but man, we really got to get focused. We really got to bring that team that never quit mindset to the battle space every single day. Was that palpable? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean. Like I said, you know, when we went into Afghanistan, they, there was a little transition period in there. You know, we landed in Kandahar. We got there. We had time to unpack and get our stuff together. 
you know, it was early in the war, you know, it took a lot of planning, you know, to figure out the missions, you know, there was a lot of intel gathering, where Ramadi, like the city was mapped out, you know, it's like, Team 3 did a good job of really like putting all the outposts in the city and really kind of gaining control of it. I would say it'd be like, you know, putting police stations in downtown Los Angeles or in South Central Los Angeles. You know, the criminals are still out there, but we we established, you know, some good, you know, strongholds and some strong police stations there. But, you know, we still have to go police the villains out there. Yeah, so, we have to get to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the so, problem. <laughs> so, so, I mean... There, there was definitely, you know, I mean, it was literally like we landed, put our stuff in the back of the truck, and they were like, lock and load your weapons. Like, we got to drive to the base. Like, we <coughs> might get contacted from, like, where we're driving into the base, you know? And, and, like, and remember, oh, the, remember the short route was 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 IED. Like, they can't, you can't even go down it. So we had to drive around the lake. Remember that? It took <laughs> seven hours. And, well, and those two, that, oh. that, was, that was always the choice. The choice was, well, here's what we're going to do. You could drive, we'll follow Pathfinder around the lake, which they move about four miles an hour to clear the road. And it's going to take you seven hours to get there. Or we could take the back route. No one clears it, but there's only been four IEDs there this week. So um, you're you're usually at the same place. So if you just avoid there, you know, and and, and now you look back on it, you're like, it's just crazy. (laughs) No battle rhythm. That was really your choice. (laughs) Right. I mean, we hadn't even made it to base yet. And you're like, wait a minute. Just go there. All that flight over there. I mean, as soon as we walked out of there, get your rifle. (laughs) You're like, you're like, really? (laughs) Pull up in an up armored six by, which has about a dozen rounds into the impacted into the bulletproof yeah. glass in the front of it Shots there's, there, there's rounds and stuff on the side of, of the, i can't what do we call that thing omega supreme supreme yeah, uh, omega supreme yeah omega supreme yeah, i'm not a huge transformers fan so one of those two but, but I mean, that no, thing i am don't worry there you're like all right let's get this thing like hopefully that didn't happen on the ride over you know so, oh my god but, but but, uh, you know, just getting there and, you know, and, and getting the debrief from the Team 3 guys, you know. And, and, like, you know, we knew a lot of those guys. Some of those guys I'd known since Buds. And, you know, just seeing, you know, how they were reacting, you know, just from, you know, all the casualties they had taken in their platoon. And, you know, just the level of seriousness. And, you know, the, when we did the turnover briefs and how everybody, how squared away their kit was, you know, they had everything laid out. They had pictures laid out, you know. I, and Jocko, you know, he was the task unit commander for those guys. You know how intense uh, yeah. Jocko oh. is, you know, and, and Leif Babin was their OIC. You know, so just having guys like that giving you debriefs and, and letting you know just how intense everything was and, you know, just how locked and loaded you need to be, how physically fit you needed to be to get through that city, you know, and, and how you, tight your kit had to be, how the vehicles had to be rigged. I mean, it was like there was no time to. It wasn't like the old deployments where you're like, "All right, we're gonna go out and have a beer, and then we're gonna talk about it." <laughs> we'll talk about this later. Hey, we just got off an airplane, man. We give us a couple. Give us a couple of days. We got some jet lag going I mean, on, dude. I remember that first that shakeout patrol we did, uh, rocket sauce. Just because, uh, hey, yeah. you guys squared away. Oh, sure, yeah, we are. Remember Leif and all a few of them guys took us on an op around the city, just a shakeout patrol. Yeah. I was praying we got in a gunfight because I, I was had my how just remember everything was so heavy I wasn't streamlined, <laughs> and when we got back. That's Jocko said, "Fix it." That's, you know how he is, man. He's just like, "Fix it." <laughs> and, I mean, you're stripping stuff. Light is good, Lord, man. They were there in the summertime, man. We were there in the winter, so it's a little different. But yeah. God dang, man, yeah, that's hardcore. 
So Mike, in, in, in that moment, that, that pivotal moment after you experienced that, you know, your, your teammate getting hammered a little bit and, and really, you know, feeling the effects of that, what was the spark that, that really birthed the idea of forged man? Well, like I said, uh, you know, when things happen like that, you know, you know, people get injured, you know, good friends, yours close to you, you know, and, and you see that firsthand, and, you know, it's like, it, it's just one of the, you know, those, you know, experiences, you know, and not, not that, you know, I hadn't already had friends in the teams injured or whatever, you know, or anything like that. But it, you know, it, you know, when, when you're working on a guy right next to you, you know, and you know, he's bleeding out his femoral artery and you don't know if he's going to live or die, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, you, it just kind of makes you think, you know, where you're like, man, I was just talking to this guy. We were just having a conversation about what we're going to be doing next year. You know, you know, we we're talking, you know, he's a big mountain biker and stuff like that. And he wanted to do all this stuff and that, you know, and just realizing like, holy cow, man, like, you know, this guy's life's path just changed in a split second. You know what I mean? Like that was, that was one of my one, good yeah. friends, you know, you know, one of my good friends, you know, it, it, like, his his path in life and his hopes and dreams and everything, you know, just changed a little bit, you know, and uh, just kind of eye-opening, you know. I mean, you accept it. You know, everybody in Special Forces, anybody in the military, for that matter, knows, like, what the risk is, you know. You know what the risk involved is. But, you know, just seeing it firsthand like that, you know, it, it just kind of started making me think, you know. It was like, life is short, you know. Think about, you know, what you want to do. You're only going to be in the military so long. doesn't matter who you are, you know. It, it, it's, it, they're not going to keep you in the military forever, even if you want to stay in, you know, 30 years, you know, you, that you're going to have to do something else after the military. And, uh, you know, that, that's just kind of, uh, you know, what got me thinking and stuff like that. And, uh, um, you know, I'd always had the kind of the entrepreneur mindset, you know, I, I, it, you know, when you're overseas deployed, especially in a war zone, like, you got a lot of time. To the think. ideas. <laughs> you got a lot of time to think, you know what I mean? Like, you, you, you know, it's like, how did I watch every TV show imaginable, you know, and, and still. And then borrow like, my, my neighbors <laughs> and run <laughs> out. I was in his room every day. Hey, you got anything I haven't seen yet? No, <laughs> let me watch something I have seen. Then. Let's just start <laughs> yeah. over. Let's start from A and again. I'd always walk in, or he walk, would. I'd sit down and actually pull out the the CD thing and, and look through it as if there was going to be something new something in there. Like there's extra <laughs> bonus features for Marcus's second oh time around. <laughs> uh, when we get shut down and investigated, I'd be like, "Oh, here we go." <laughs> Hope it's not a long one. I don't have any more seasons left. That's when guys are getting real good. Right. When you see them guys getting real good shape, that's when all the movies have been watched. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, you're you're in like that last two month window before right. you're coming home. You know, uh, and you're just you're just shredded. You know, it's like the cans of tuna are yeah. just sitting in the chow hall <laughs> for the first four months because the last platoon left them there, or they just keep stacking up. And it's like that military grade tuna. You know, it's just like <laughs> black with this white tuna on there. And no one eats that shit. And then all of a sudden, about two months before you're coming home, you can't find any people who are hoarding it. You know, no. <laughs> I'm just living on rippets and tuna and beef jerky and Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so it's wh- like, why, why forge though? I mean, was it, it was, was, did you see the success of affliction and tap out and some of the other brands that people compared you guys to early on? What, what, what was the inspiration that this is the vehicle for my, transition out of the military i mean truthfully i kept coming up with ideas so 
and Marcus could probably attest to this. Uh, you, you know, before we were coming home, you know, if, if there wasn't a mission that night, you know, we'd all kind of sit around the fire, you know, stoking the fire and shooting the shit. And, uh, you know, I, I had to start running ideas by, you know, you know, you get an idea in your head and you, you just can't even sleep. You're so excited about it. And then like two days later, you bring it up and your buddies start poking holes in it. And you're like, God, that really is a dumb idea. You know, or you're like, or you're like, or you're like you don't know, man, you don't know. It's going to be successful. You know? I'm going to start a coffee company and sell coffee for $4, you know, like whatever, you know, so the Starbucks in 1982 or whatever, you know, it's like, but, uh, but uh, I, I remember bringing it up to some of the guys and we were sitting out there. I remember Morgan was out there. I think Marcus is out there too. And, uh, I didn't actually have the name forged in mind. The first name I actually had was Knox, like Hard Knox, you know, right, K N O X. Yep. Um, and, and I kind of brought up like I, I'd like to take it, you know, just make it a apparel brand, kind of like you know, bring the whole like seem, uh, you know, team guy never quit, strength through adversity, you know, that whole attitude, like like put, you know, not like put on a t shirt and sell it, but that that whole meaning, that mantra, you know what I mean? Like absolutely, I, I wanted to bring something with a meaning, kind of that whole team guy mindset, you know, and 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 show people what that is, you know, and show people how we can help them, and um, you know, and and help out the community also, you know, with what I'm doing. And, and some of the guys are like, yeah, that's a pretty good idea. You know, I mean, just like everything they say, some guys are like, that's the stupidest idea I ever heard. You'll you never know? do that. They're like, that's retarded. What do you know about making t-shirts? Like, did you even graduate high school? <laughs> Nothing. That's why it's going to work. I don't know anything about it. I that's why it's going to work. A damn thing about yeah. it. <laughs> no mistakes. Exactly. And, no bad uh, habits. Uh, you know, and, uh, and when we got back, actually, uh, a couple of the guys got together and are like, hey, you know, uh, you know, we should make a, a, a T-shirt to represent, you know, the platoon and, uh, you know, for for one of the wounded guys, Elliot, you know. And uh, so a, a couple of the guys got together and, and made a T-shirt, you know, and guys were wearing them around and everything. And, and that's what kind of sparked the idea. So, you know, then, uh, you know, I, I made a shirt and uh, I just kind of, you know, put it out around the team. You know what I mean? The old trunk of your car, yeah, you know, yeah. like, and guys started asking for, you know, Hey man, let me get one of those, man. Hey, let me get one of those. And, uh, you know, I really didn't know anything about it. And, uh, you know, I, I teamed up with one of my good friends, uh, Ryan Williams, uh, who was another team guy who, uh, was a, a roommate at the time. And he knew a little bit about graphic design and stuff, you know? So, you know, he's like, yeah, let's try it out. What the hell? You know? So, so we well, well, I remember, man, I walked into Danny's one day and you and Ryan were in the back selling the Gold Leaf Forge tribute shirt. And I remember walking up and I and I just thought it was a really cool design. It popped off that shirt. That gold leaf was killer. You know, I was in the kind of you know, I was an art major in school and I remember it just stopped me and going, damn, there's some creative team guys out there i still have my invicta shirt but but what really hit me the most that day was when i asked you guys why are you selling the shirt and who's it for and you talked about the gold guys and and you know i think for me mike and we've talked about this one of the most phenomenal aspects of of who you are and what your company does is that 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 desire to give back through these, you know, that mentality, that mindset, the never quit attitude, the Invictus desire is, is always there. So 
Why is that such a pivotal part of Forged? And and tell us about some of the other shirts you've done that you know have that meaning behind it. You know, we always wanted to give back. You know, and 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 we really did. From even the very first shirts that we sold, you know, we made donations to Navy Seal Foundation, or you know, we just <laughs> and we really didn't know how to run a business back then. I'm not even sure we were really even a legal business. Um, <laughs> you know, like and when we did, you know, do the gold team shirts for the three gold team members that were killed. Um, you know, we ended up raising about three thousand dollars in the in the bar that night, and uh, and you know, we just wrote a check to each family member. You know, we found out who it was, you know, and just wrote them a check, you know. And you know, back then we thought that's just all you had to do, you know, and uh, <laughs> it just it just did that, you know. But you know, I mean, it was great because it, 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 it and, and seeing some of the gold team guys actually represent it and wearing it and. You know, I had quite a few friends that were on gold team then, you know, and said, hey, man, this is really awesome what you're doing. And, uh, you know, all the family members, you know, wrote in and and wrote a letter, you know, and uh, and uh, I remember there was actually a guy who works in the apparel industry who who lived in Coronado behind Danny. He's had no idea who he was. And he really didn't know much about Danny's either. And he came in and saw everybody buying these shirts. And he's like, oh, my gosh, how much did you raise so far? I was like, I think I raised about. $2,500 2500 to $3,000. He's like, in a bar? How long have you guys been here? I don't know, like two hours? He's like, oh my gosh, here, here's my card. He's like, like, you guys got something here, man. Like, you got a hell of a following. And, and, and he actually helped. He was the first guy to ever be like, man, like, how much are you paying for t shirts? You're like, uh, $15. How much are you selling it for? $20. Wow, <laughs> like you're gonna go broke real fast. Yeah, like, you are. Like, <laughs> he's like, and you're giving all the money away. We're like, yeah. He's like, yeah, you're really gonna go broke. Real fast. <laughs> That's not like we're business like, 101, is it? Right no. there. That's like, team guy we're business. Like, we're like, well, we got day jobs, you know. So you know, we're getting our name out there. He goes, no, that's not the meaning of getting your name out there. He's like, you still have to make some money. He's like, that's at the awesome. end of the day, so. So he, he actually helped us out, kind of configure us and, and hooked us up with a few people. But yeah, that was one of the very few, if I'm not mistaken, that was, you know, that was one of the first uh, uh, tribute T-shirts that we did once we were established as the brand Forged. And, uh, and, and that's actually a funny story. Uh, like I said, the whole Knox thing, um, you, know, I, you know, I got back off deployment and, uh, you know, you save up some money on deployment. And uh, I, I didn't have a ton of money saved up to start a company or anything. So basically, I invested all the money I had into the company Knox, you know, which at that time, I think it was about $15,000. And <laughs> we, had already, we had already printed all that, uh, that, all that apparel up. And uh, we had four different shirts. And <laughs> we get a, a cease and desist letter in the mail from another company called KNOXX that is like in California. And, and they're like, yeah, you know, you could trademark infringement, da, da, da. And, you know, so I call a lawyer, you know, and he charges me about $180 for the phone call. And, uh, you know, that tells me, oh, I need a $1,500 retainer. You can fight this. And so now I'm sitting there like, oh, my God, like, like we got nobody. All of our money's tied up in a brand that somebody's already has trademarked or likelihood of confusion. And, and you talk about facing adversity again, you know, and uh, this was literally this was actually after I'd gotten out. This is like a month after I had decided to leave the military. Oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't have I didn't have the biggest plan in the world. You know, it was like when I went back in to, 
first phase the second time, like, I'm just going to do it, you know? Grind it's like, it. It's not the best advice for people out there listening, you know, or entrepreneurs. <laughs> like, the best advice is just believe in yourself, you know, bet on the horse, believe in yourself, um, you know? But uh, I didn't actually have a solid job lined up. And so it's it, it, pretty interesting story how I came up with the name Forge, which Forge is a, a thousand times better than Knox's anyway. Um, <laughs> Oh, it's pretty hard to figure out a brand name. You know, you try to trademark something these days, you know, you start, you get a good idea in your head, you fall in love with it. And then you look online, you're like, oh my God, you know, it's trademarked. Somebody else had it too. Yeah. Yeah. We know that one. Yeah. We know that one. So, um, I actually was looking, I don't know how I was going through my closet and I go by my old Bud's Hell Week t-shirt and there sits my old Bud's Hell Week t-shirt from Bud's class 212. And the saying on it says, the hardest steel is forged in the hottest fires. Cool. And I said that about yeah, three times one. in my head, the hardest steel is forged. And I'm like, forged? And then I think like, you know, what do we use in the teams, you know? Uh, I mean, you say like forged is a hardening process, you know, like, is that guy forged, you know? Is he forged in combat, you know? Anything important in life when you talk about like the kind, America was forged, you know? Texas was forged. You know, you know, they're just the meaning of for, forged, you know, it's to form with great uh, concentration, you know, by heating and hammering, beat into shape. You know, that's, <laughs> yeah, really, really hot, really, really cold. <laughs> that's the textbook definition of forged, you know. And like once I looked up the definition, you know, and I'm thinking like that's, oh, you know, forged in combat, you know, forged by adversity, you know, forged in battle, forged in fire. You know, I'm just sitting there thinking, like, why the hell did I ever come up with Knox? This is the stupidest name ever. <laughs> like, that idiot's going to be broke. And I don't even know if the company's in business anymore. <laughs> so you've but, gone uh, on, you've gone on, and you've you, you've taken this wonderful brand, this wonderful concept that you know really embodies our community. I believe in, in, in and have gone so much further with it. And and in particular, one of the things that we just talked about yesterday in our, our pre-call was what you're doing now with your latest shirt. Um, uh, and and I, if you could just tell the audience why you wanted to do this shirt, because it's, it's, it's going outside of your, your normal kind of shirts. And just share with, share with our listeners why you're doing this. Well, right now, we're, we're doing a, uh, we're actually doing a campaign for a uh, fallen officer in San Diego here. Um, I'm sure you know, most of the listeners will be familiar with it. Um, a guy named J.D. de Guzman, he was an officer with 16 years uh, on the force with the uh, San Diego PD. He was actually on a special gang task force, and uh, him and his partner were ambushed in a, a routine traffic stop in, in a gang area. Uh, there, there's not a lot of details uh, that have been uh, released about it yet, so um, I, I just know really you know, what, what I've learned from the press, too. But uh, the basics are, you know... They were doing a routine stop and they were just ambushed um, point blank range. And uh, J.D. de Guzman was, was shot. They both had bulletproof vests on, too, from what I uh, read on the Internet and uh, what, from what I've heard. And, and J.D. was just they were shot multiple times and, and uh, he went down and uh, his other partner, uh, Wade Irwin, was also shot and in critical condition. Um, Wade has uh, been uh, moved to stabilized condition. And uh, they're, they're pretty sure that he's going to be able to make a full recovery. Um, but uh, I just, you know, it, 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 and, and I don't want to just focus on this one subject because, you know, just 
you know, in your backyard in Texas, you know, the same thing has happened, you know, and Louisiana, the same thing has happened, you know, and, uh, uh, I don't know if it's just the, the relativity of the media now, you know, how quick we get information, but it, it just seems like I don't remember all of these, you know, attacks on law enforcement being so prevalent. And uh, I, I just woke up that day, you know, just like anything, you know, you wake up and, you know, I, I, always, you know, I get up and I, I'm an old man. I get up and watch the news every morning and drink my coffee and, you know, and caffeine and hate. That's the definition. Of, I do that, too. Is that what old men do? I, 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 I don't do it that yeah, you do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, you yeah, do. I do. Thank you. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not at the point yeah, where I'm putting whiskey in my coffee yet, so I don't. <laughs> that's soup. That's that's when you're salty and all. That's a I cheese think. package, there, right? Yeah, senior cheese package. <laughs> that's senior uh, package. But yeah, so you know, I got up, do my morning routine, and and I just saw, you know, and, and uh, I think it was uh, Fox News or CNN. It was one of the bigger stations, and. They started talking about the shooting at Sandy, you know, shooting. And I was like, I recognize, you know, that looks like San Diego. You know, I was downtown. I live downtown. And then I like, yeah, you know, they started talking about the shooting last night in San Diego. One officer had been killed and one is in in critical condition, you know. And, uh, you know, you just get that feeling of, man, I I can do something to make a difference, you know. And and we've done it, you know, with other, you know, team guys in the past, you know, and and helped out other foundations in the past or, you know, helped guys, you know, foundations, you know, guys who've perished, you know, and they have foundations for scholarships and other things. And, you know, whatever it is, it's just that ability to help, you know, and and, and sometimes it just it just becomes an overwhelming feeling when when you know you can do something to help. You know, it's like that team guy mentality. It's like if you drive by, you're in a neighborhood and you don't even know where you are, or you're overseas on vacation, and you see somebody committing a crime or, or slapping, you know, some lady around, you know, and you just know, it, you know, I have to do something, you know, just as a good human being, you know what I mean? Like, you, yeah. you're like, I have to do something, you know what I mean? Even though it may be dangerous, or you're putting yourself out there, you know, and you just, you just have that feeling, you know, and uh, you know, maybe everybody doesn't get that feeling, but I know probably most team guys do, or, you know, most special forces guys, or, you know, guys, you know, in, in law enforcement, you know, firefighters, guys that are in a, a service, you know, to protect and serve. Kind of born you know, into you, I think, when you come, because you're like, hey, send me. <laughs> All the time when something would go down with us, like, send us, send, send yeah. us. We'll go. We we'll want to go. go. Whatever it is, we'll go. That's the only reason we're here, because we'll go. I don't care what it is, just go. Yeah. I, yeah, like we. We used to have written on the wall, you know, in Iraq, Marcus can attest to this, and and, and I don't want to take credit for it because it was written up there by the Team 3 Platoon, but, you know, it would say, if not me, then who? You know, if not me, then who's going to do it, you know? And you might not want to do it, but if not me, then who? My favorite one was, uh, if if every team guy were like me, where would the teams be? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good good one, one too. too. Well, I I tell you what, Mike, you know, I I think you are the – know the absolute example of who will do it i mean just listening and and knowing you for as long as i've known you and and just your commitment to the seal teams has been amazing uh both in and out as an instructor as an operator as a civilian instructor and now you know your commitment to your business uh and to the people that are loyal to the forge brand i know i am i have I have four shirts that I wear regularly and, and, and I'm super proud of in particular, you know, the legend shirt that you guys made and raised over, if I'm not mistaken, about like $1.4 or $5 million for, for Taya and everybody. Uh, you know, it's, you're, you're doing the things that you, you, you say are true. And, it, and I just go back to that place, man, 
where, you know, you, you didn't quit. When you got rolled, you could have quit. When you were staring at it all again, hell week again, twice in hell week, but you didn't quit. And I and I think Marcus, you and I uh, can both just extend just this warm, you know, gratitude and thanks to you for coming on and sharing your stories with our listeners. Yeah, I mean, I I, I was looking forward to it for a while. It's, it just says a lot about you. Hell, I had a great time with you, man. <laughs> I mean, everyone else is going to say nice stuff about you. I had a great time with you. And I, and I still do. We still hang out at the at, when we get together once twice a year. So, but I just remember when I when I started hearing your backstory and sitting down and and those that that whole time out at Ramadi because you remember, man. That's the cra- I mean, the, sitting outside that tent, I was like, we we're in hell. T-shirt yeah. company sounds like a great idea. Anything bad. <laughs> I mean, it was bad. I, I love I, it. I mean, God dang, dude. And I, he got out and did it. And then, uh, well, God bless you, Mike. If, and if you could just hang out and stick around, we're going to get into the after actions report. But, uh, for now, all of our listeners who listen to this segment, man, in, including us, thank you, Mike, for coming on, bud. Uh, thank you guys for having me, man. It was a great time. Thanks, brothers. Awesome. Thanks, brother. Wow. I mean, you listen to a guy that's been through that much. And and what I love it, what really I love about Mike's kind of blessed with luck, right? I mean, he's one of those dudes. I mean, to get Kosovo, to get Afghanistan. That's that's what I was thinking about the whole time. (laughs) Even when he was into the forge part, I was like, man, Kosovo and Ramadi. I mean, that was pretty... I like battles. You know what I'm talking about? That doesn't even happen anymore. To get to get in some yeah. battles is a big deal. Yeah, I mean, he, he definitely saw it. And, and, and uh, you know, also about his time, uh, you know, as a, in Buds, having to go back from some, from scratch. And, yeah, well, you know, this is what I'm here to do. What else do I got to do? Was- yeah, it's pretty epic. And what I also love, too, and, and I just want to clarify for our listeners, too, uh, I, I made a mistake saying that Mike went through uh, Hell Week twice, uh, and, and if you listen to the after action reports, he actually tells the story about getting right up to the beginning of Hell Week and then the instructors. The, the anticipation <laughs> of Hell Week is worse, Horses. right? Well, I don't know. I don't know about like, that. Like but. Much, well, yeah, <laughs> but anyways, what was so cool about Mike was really, you know, we always joke about it, Marcus, right? What are we going to do with our lives once we hang it up? Yeah. How are we going to continue this service, this never quit mindset of supporting our teammates? And you got to hand it to him on that one too, because for every frogman, the wars that are kicked off are, you know, we that's a big deal. We're always working, so that's what seals want. Want to be working all the time. Yep. So, but this, I mean, forged. I mean, he was talking like you said when we were in combat, as we were doing during our downtime. So it was forged in combat as well, just like he was. So <laughs> I, I never quit mentality he has but to jump jump from something that you work so hard to get that's the, the thing about the uh hardest for frogs right it's because it's so hard to get in there and you gotta appreciate how much he loves you know he is a team guy he's a guy he likes hanging out with the boys because look at his career path absolutely i mean we say that the guys go through all that madness just so you can hang out with that group of guys <laughs> totally all right we go yeah. through this we hang out with guys like mike yeah yeah but to, to step away from it and then be successful on he'll be successful on whatever he does no. Absolutely. Yeah, he'll start, he'll, Forge will get to where it runs itself, and then he'll go find something else to do. And you know what I love about his attitude? And, and it kind of, I think it kind of it was uh, it brought out a little bit when he talked about how, 
He goes to his board, you know, Gekka and everybody look at him. No. They're like, you got to go back to day one, hour one. And, uh, and, he, and, he, and he just, he said, well, and he went and got two margaritas and yeah. started getting his I wonder what would happen if he'd, have, if he'd have been the first guy instead of the last one. Good question. Good question. Yeah, yeah if you start, if one, like because he's an instructor, you should probably ask him like if you were to, if you knew the guy was getting rolled but would stay if you, or you say it like, hey, well in SEAL training we want to find the guys who don't want to be there either way. But there's always, I mean, you know what happens? A lot of them guys when they quit, they're in so much confusion, pain. That's right. That's the deal, though. Oh, absolutely. You and hit you them can, when they're weak, right? right? And then yeah. you say hey, you want some whatever fried chicken in a blanket like where i sign that at and that's what people out there you guys all need to be you, you hear us what we're telling you when you're in your moment of weakness yeah. when you've been beaten down right when you most think that the world is gonna end for you that's when you gotta find your finger twitch that's right. when you gotta well, and, the, and if somebody <laughs> gives you an out right yeah that's you know don't take it right I mean, because that's what they do in training. They the the beatdowns. You're like, oh, I can't get any worse. And then, oh yeah, it is. Oh, you know what it, I mean? It's and getting then, much worse. I mean, you got to hand to those instructors how cl- they didn't see that right at that breaking point. Then they'll be like, here's a blanket and whatever. Kind <laughs> a of nice hot cup, <laughs> cup of coffee. Like something nice in this <laughs> this all this every day of beatdown. And got, I, I can see how you yeah. can jump out. But if you don't have, I mean, if you know why, if you never remember or excuse me, never forget. That yeah. little thing is burning back at you. Right. I, I'm here for this reason. And never look for the end, right? Yeah. So if you get into a, if you're going through SEAL training. If you I get like into, that statement. Never look for the end. Right. Never look for it. There yeah. isn't one. It doesn't. Right. So, I mean, those guys who always look for graduation and they never make it. And just like we said, like, man, I was making it to lunch. <laughs> right. <laughs> for me, for me, it was every order. Yeah. I was just waiting for the next order. Yeah. And it's those, it's those small accomplishments and defeat. That we that that's what we're branded in, right? I mean, we're forged in that small accomplishments and defeat because I mean, they whip our ass every day. And, and just like he said, man, he was failing them, but he passed that last one, so he's like, he knows he's getting better. Yeah, totally, right? Totally, yeah. totally. And so sometimes he, that's the way you got to look at it. You're like, man, they're getting rid of me, but you know, maybe starting down here, I just, I'll come back stronger. I always come back stronger. Always stronger. Learn from your mistakes, right? right? And man, and, and that's the difference between those guys who are like, no, nah, I'm done. Or Mike's like, well, maybe I maybe I wasn't good enough the first go around, but they. They said they're keeping me around, so keep me around for a reason. I'll I'll come back stronger. And he did, and that was what's so glorious, man. And I just it's such it's I always love having one of our brothers on. It just it feels very rewarding. And I hope you, the listener, you really heard what Mike talked about through the entirety of, of his interview. And if you want to know more and you want to know understand the how to of how he applies his mindset every day in his life and in business. Uh, you know, don't forget to turn in, go back to our, our, our page at the teamneverquit.com forward slash podcast, find his show. And on it, there's an after action report. You know, it's about 20 minutes long. You'll really dig it. It's Mike Sowers, how to on how to facilitate the never quit mindset in his daily routine. So check it out there. Also, when you're there, don't forget to go over to teamneverquit.com merchandise section. Check out our shirts, and and man, we just really, really welcome your support, and, and we hope you understand why we're doing this. Right, Marcus? Yeah, absolutely. We, we hope you really can appreciate the reason we're doing this is to make sure that you understand that it, it it's inside you, right? It's uh, in every, them. Everybody. I mean, look, I, I'm not. We're not coming at you from a pedestal. I mean, we were born common. I Amen. mean, and we're just a conduit to all those exceptional people that we look up to as well. And you know, we've been in the trenches, and everyone, everyone's going to go through that. Everyone. Right? So the connection that we put from from the listeners to the 
so that people were interviewing man it just it ought to let you know that those, 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 yeah those same phrases keep coming out how yeah. important that is it's, it's really about that baseline co- connecting all those those baseline dots so when you get back hit back down to it you push back up through it and before you know it you're looking back like man i i was just practicing to be one of the good one of the good guys <laughs> now i'm up here yeah i've done it i made it into the pros or i made it wherever so it's absolutely it's, well listen like the human condition is a wonderful thing if you're willing to work hard and never quit on your dreams right so we're so thankful to have you here, and I always like to end the show by thanking you know God first and the Lord and Christ in my life, my my wonderful uh, teammates and Marcus in particular for doing this with me, and and I'd love to thank my family, especially my wife, the Admiral, my two beautiful little girls, and and just the privilege of being on this microphone and sharing all with people to help you, to give you something to invest your lives in, in an idea and a concept that works, and I, I just feel very blessed. So. So thank you for that, Marcus. Sure. Thank the good Lord above for giving me all my talents, my friends for helping me find them, and the boss for marrying me. Good Lord, love that woman. Man, she's been all summer. She's been away on that uh, uh, mission trip to Uganda, and I, I didn't like that too much. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, the boss is back, yeah, brother. I'm like, yeah, I'm getting weak, man. Like, ladies away. So I, I missed you, honey. Welcome back. Love you. And thanks to all of y'all for, for listening to us and letting us do this. Amen. We're out. Um.